This podcast contains adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Does that mean I can't listen to it? Yep. You can find the Staggering Dragon on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, this is a shout out. Yeah, you might usually call it a shout out. But wins is a shout out, man. And this is a shout out to a listener, Joe Wheeler. Joe, great to have you on board. Uh, let's see. Tonight I'm drinking Bacardi Gold. Nate, what are you drinking? Uh, the only thing I have left that I haven't drank yet, which is, uh, you know, about three shots of Captain Morgan Spice Rum. So I'm just going to take it as one shot and pray that I can make it to the podcast. <laughs> there we go. That's the spirit. Uh, Dustin, what do you got? Um, I got Fireball. Oh. Yeah. Pitbull. Oh, there it I'm is. I'm a man. Uh, for the listeners, he just showed it to us. Neil, what are, Neil, what are you drinking? Crown Royal. Keeping Ooh. it simple. It was either this or hooker spit, and I chose this. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. Clickety click. Ooh, I spilled. Oh god. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I like wow, it mixed is. with stuff. Actually, that tasted tastes like red hots. Spicy <laughs> and creamy. You know that Bacardi Ooh. Gold is is a uh, a little smooth. Hey! D20 Radio, your gamers roll. You're listening to The Staggering Dragon, an RPG actual play and pop culture podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Dustin. I'm Gary. I'm Nathan. And I'm Neil. And welcome to The Staggering Dragon Podcast. Okay, just like we had said... This one is going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a roundtable discussion on character creation and things like that. But we're going to start it out with a question for Dustin, who's been running our game so far. And quite this well. Per- quite for well. a long time. <laughs> yes. So, Dustin. Cheers, Dustin. I have licked a whole lot of toads since we played this game. <laughs> and I finally found one that erased my memory. And I don't remember how you ever even came up with the idea of doing G.I. Joe. So can you explain it to us? Yeah, I can. Um, I'm sorry you had to lick so many toads to get to this I'm point. I'm not. But don't be sorry. <laughs> I, um, I think I said in our very first podcast that I'm a big, big uh, G.I. Joe fan. So I thought G.I. Joe was kind of, kind of lent itself to a role-playing game, kind of have like a team not unlike the A team, which I've also thought about, that might be a cool RPG. Yes. Yeah. But it's kind of the same, you know. I'm really uh, a big fan of that whole like military ops team that comes together. Now, I've played or I've ran GI Joe a couple times for several different groups, and, and we've loved it every time. It's. Well, that's that's good. I'm glad you guys are having yes. fun with it. Yeah, it's always fun. It lends itself to just being a complete jackass. It does. And it always it totally seems are, to man. fit and it always seems to to blend right in with everything that you're doing. It's 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 like World Wrestling Federation. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> Worldwide Entertainment or whatever it is now. It's you know, it, it just lends itself to jackassery and jackassery is jackassery. What really all about. That's yeah, the word. Absolutely. So, I, you know, when I when I run it at like conventions and stuff like that, I have pre-made characters that I get, you know, that I give to people and they choose from, and so you know I've got the already pre-made roster of GI Joe characters to choose from, and I like making my own, uh, you know, rolling up my own characters, you know, like for Duke or Snake Eyes or whoever it ends up being. Hell That's yeah. really fun. But for this, I really wanted you guys to come up with your own characters because you're going to take a lot more stock into it if you're you know, doing it yourself and you're not just playing something that somebody else already made for you. Yeah. So I didn't really have 
to be honest, I didn't really have anything specific in mind that I wanted you guys to be other than I wanted it to be like a balanced group, you know, so everybody, you know, had a, a bunch of different skills to bring to the table and all of that stuff. And I got to say what you guys came up with far exceeded my expectations. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know. <laughs> I laughed my ass off the whole time we were playing this game. Um, for the the crunchy fans out there, we did a basic. Um, well, first of all, I made a G.I. Joe rule book. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I keep saying this, but I still haven't done it. I, I'm going to put my rule book up on the website so you guys can download it and check it out for yourself. It is um, so fantastic. It is. So I made I made a rule book, basically just kind of reskinned things out of the Genesis book and used stuff from uh, the Star Wars um, RPG from FFG also, namely in the Age of Rebellion book. I took a lot of ideas from that, which is more of the, like militaristic setting. And so we did starting character XP, and then I, I think I gave everybody plus 150 XP after that. Yep. to go ahead and round out your character so everybody could really have um you know a good well-rounded character that could do a whole lot of stuff so you could really maximize what you wanted to do from there so i'm i'm usually the gm when we play i haven't created a whole lot of characters before um so i'm going to ask these guys what their thought process was when they went into making these G.I. Joe characters. So I'm going to go ahead and start with Gary. Gary, I, God damn it, I can't remember. Were you Trump's axe or Trump's hammer? He was both. Yes, 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 he was. Here's the great but thing about that. which one did you make? Because the I entire time, they switched back and forth Bunch without saying shit. anything, <laughs> just to make it confusing. And, Except- and that was an Easter egg that most people wouldn't catch. The one thing that we said multiple times was, but I can see how you might yes. get us confused because we look a lot alike. Right. And and, right. and and before you go, Gary, I want to say though, we were when we actually recorded this and we were all around a table as you do as a tabletop RPG. Nate and I were sitting next to each other, and you guys were on the opposite side of the table, and Dustin was kind of at the head of the table. So Nate and I even kept looking at each other. And yeah. whispering, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. With, we were yeah. confused, and then <laughs> finally... And I can in. see how you would get confused, because <laughs> we look a lot alike. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. So, uh, man, I, you know, coming off we of... Should, we, should, we should probably say, uh, we should probably mention Stu. Yeah. Your, yeah, your, uh, your I'm twin, on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Your twin brother. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, uh, I okay. So we we had in, invited Stu to play with us, and Stu is a a guy that I work with, and and um, I had been playing around with several different characters when you you know when 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 this kind of popped in my head, but um, looking for something that was you know uh, something unique, something a little bit different, and I'm always looking for something a little bit uh fun to play just just something that will entertain me as well as anybody else through the entire process something to wrap my head around and and you know coming off of um well the character that I played in GI Joe previously I kept thinking about this quite a bit and truly one morning as I was getting out of my truck to walk into work it popped in my head oh that would be an interesting way way to play something online in a podcast scenario and so i went into Stu's office and 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 uh i you know just just said have you you know just started the conversation of have you really thought about character much at all and and we have been we had been talking back and forth but it was it, at that point it was like dude what if we play twin brothers and don't tell anybody that we are going to do this but switch characters every once in a while and that would be the audio version of 
not being able to tell identical twins apart, you know? It was How would this play worked. out in an audio <laughs> se- scenario? And the way that we would notify is just by saying, oh, yes, I can understand why you would get us confused because we look a lot alike. And that was our kind of code sign. We w- you know, and we even said, okay, if if you feel like there's a time in the story when... Uh, it's a good place to switch. Just give each other, give you know, give you give uh, your, you know the other person the nod, and then we would, and we we both had copies of the other person's character sheet, so I we would just swip, <laughs> we would just switch to the other character sheet, and continue playing. Uh, without any change at all, you know, with uh, just just assuming because the personality is going to be the going to be similar. Only one of them is more techie and one of them is more outgoing. So you, we had to switch a little bit in that case. But oh, I mean the the you know it it was it was just a fun thing to do for however many sessions we you know the six sessions that we played so it was seamless um, and it worked worked it was it was perfect yeah so then we wanted them to be you know uh you know trump fans and so i started thinking about and we both started talked about this quite a bit but we looked at uh you know the, the 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 natural gas thing and maybe a little bit of the fracking thing and and uh i found a town that was 17 miles away from Canada. Uh, what was Noonan. it called? Noonan? No, I was going to say, well, I, I kept thinking <laughs> Neenan, but uh, yeah, it was Noonan, Noonan, North Dakota is like 10, 17 miles away from Canada. And just so if you're from Noonan, hey, strange that you're listening to this show. Whoa. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, no, it, no, that sense. would be weird. That would be really weird. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that that's just, it was, it just, you know, Google Earth always helps and just, just finding that creative, just something different, kind of an angle to to play for every character, especially within this, uh, within um, the the Genesis system, is so much fun. And one one thing I got to say to that point is, <clears throat> obviously, we've all played hours upon hours of RPGs together. Yeah, but uh, we it, know it's each fun other well. When, yeah, because we've done that for so long and played together, we kind of, you know, riff off of each other. We kind of know sure. what each other's going to do or say sometimes, and it makes it makes it really fun to play as a group together like that and have to have as a GM because I've played many games where I'm not going to name any names, but you know the players aren't all that imaginative, right? It's yeah. fun to play with people that have some real imagination and can and can just throw it in there where it makes my job a hell of a lot easier to to run a game when I got players like you guys doing and, that. And, and and to piggyback off of that, you know, there's a bunch of there's people listening to this right now. And if you don't have that, if you don't have a regular group that you can riff off of, find it. Because this is fun. This is this is just a, a just a blast to be able to know each other that well and just to just to play and just to have fun in a different world for a little bit. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I agree. So, uh, Nate, Silent but Deadly. <laughs> how how did Silent but Deadly come to be? You know, I I wish that. You know, sometimes you you have an idea and it and it comes out of a process. You know, you're watching something or you're reading something and and that gets your brain going and then, you know, you, it sort of builds and culminates in an idea. But then sometimes maybe you're a little drunk on a Wednesday and <laughs> and something Wednesday. comes to you. <laughs> and 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 that's on oh, Wednesday of, at like ten o'clock in the morning. Right, right, and that's sort of how Silent but Deadly came to me. It, it was my subconscious really put that together, and just, then just barfed it on my shoes, and 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 then suddenly I was like, oh my gosh, that's a that's just a brilliant a ninja named Silent but Deadly, who had a little bit of Captain Zach Brannigan. Oh, <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> and mm. you know, it, it made it so fun to play. Oh, and listen because, to. Because, well, you know, mm. it, it, it the GI the GI Joe realm that uh, it, it it allows you. I mean, come on, it was the eighties. It allows you just to be something huge, you know. It, it, and it seems like no matter what the size and space of the, what the scope is, it always seems like there was enough rooms for fifteen gigantic characters. Oh, in man. in in one space, and and GI and the GI Joe, it it lends itself so easily to to that. It's it's outrageousness. Yes, yes. I I joked about pro wrestling, and it's sort of the similar thing where you sort of surrender um, a lot of seriousness, oh, yeah. and and you sort of suspend your disbelief, and you kind of just say, well, okay. Uh, we're going to have twin brothers from North Dakota. Mm. Uh, Slim and Jim. We're going, to, we're going to have some guy who's going to pull out an entire wrestling mat out of his jock, <laughs> and right. and we're going to have a you know a ninja whose name is Lindsay. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, that's right, his name is Lindsay. You'll never know that his parents named him Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fantastic! Who, who, who has oh, just this? You know, it's sort of that. It's it's sort of that Pink Panther esque. You know, that's that was fun to me because the Pink Panther it, it excels despite his blunders. His blunders, yeah. and, and, you know, and that's an Inspector Gadget. If you think about Inspector Gadget, it's the same thing. And those poor kids who had to deal with Inspector Gadget, but he he kept bumbling mm-hmm. himself yeah. into a success. And that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking with Silent yeah. but Deadly. And, oh man! And, and I think that it really panned out yes. because it, now it helps to roll some triumphs at the right yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and and God bless Genesis. <laughs> you know, they the, it, that that triumph really allows you to make some to make some crazy crap happen. And yeah. you know that yeah. that part where I because I roll a triumph. I found where my equipment was, and I'm in the room getting this equipment. And then, as you four were sc- or the four were yeah. screaming across three, or I don't know how many are on that rope. Actually, you roll a triumph on that, and you bust through the window in the room that I'm at while I'm gathering yeah. my equipment. Yeah. You know, Hell and, yeah. and so Couldn't that freedom, that leeway, that that in life doesn't make sense, but in Genesis and in GI yeah. Joe together with Genesis and in crazy people who love to be jackasses, uh, it all really fits together. And, and, and so it, it's just, it just makes it so much fun to play. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to be, and I'm going to tip the cards a little bit. We're going to be uh, doing a call of Cthulhu uh, role-playing game adventure. Uh, and and that kind of lends itself to whatever wackiness we can persuade out of the, out of the the world of of the dice and and of the statistics and of the odds and. and but in so, the 1920s, and that's but in the I 1920s, mean, that just, oh yeah, that's right. See, yeah, that's, right, <laughs> that's your I chose the bee's knees. Okay, oh, glorious. <laughs> gotta go hit my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and and so and then so you've got all the you've got we've got this established and then neil you come in oh and and you're defying the laws of physics with these magical tights that you have yeah. on taint pockets hold you everything. know that, the that there's no physics that involved. that moment in the in the tavern in the pub where you toss you 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 <laughs> two by two inch cube by two you have yeah. a two by two inch cube that expands into an entire you know WWE style <laughs> ring regulation yeah. size it's like it's like through the magic of nanites a picture like the Hellraiser cube yes. in your in your pants in your pants oh my god right there. along with yes. the cucumber wrapped in aluminum yes. foil <laughs> <laughs> that's right so uh well. Okay, that's a good segue, but I'm going to say one thing before we get to Neil, because Nate made me think about this, and I'm going to name drop, and I'm going to brag a little bit, 
when I was the last Gamer Nation Con I was at, I got to sit down at the table with one Sam Stewart, who is uh, the lead designer of the Star Wars and the Genesis lines for Fantasy Flight Games. Wow. And I got to play a game that he GM'd. And then after that, I got to talk to him for a little while. And I hope to God, Sam, that you're out there listening to this. You're probably not, but I'm going to say it anyway. The game that I guess Jay Little was the one that actually initially created this game. So kudos to Jay Little, but Sam for like nurturing it and bringing it into fruition of what it is now. It's perfect for what we like to do. Like Nate was saying, everything... It kind of lends itself to the ridiculousness that that we like to do at the table and and all the fun that we like to have. So, just wanted to say a shout out to to Sam for that one. Okay, Neil, Mister Neck Break <laughs> Neck Breaker Neck Breaker. That's his legal name. Legal name. Well, for okay, for specifically for Neck Breaker, Neck Breaker was born out of the other time we played GI Joe together when we went to a cabin in the woods when i played a character then his name was squirrel and squirrel like nuts <laughs> yeah so my my in my idea behind squirrels i just wanted to play somebody <laughs> dumb that liked to kill and, no. and so i liked that a lot and so he was a redneck carrying an axe and he wanted to every time he killed somebody he tried to cut off their nuts because he liked squirrels gathering nuts and, oh, uh, and it got really bad. <laughs> but he, he had like so like he had like a necklace, necklace of them, right? Because like, nuts. like yeah, nuts. yeah. like it. previously the uh, the you know you would cut off the ear. Yes. What movie was that where you'd cut off the ear and you wore it? Was it Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, probably. That like Universal Soldier or something like that, where he had the ear necklace of his oh, victims. He had, he well, had a nut necklace. But uh, Daryl really had it. that in in uh, in uh, the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, that's right. Too. I th- I could I some some listeners gonna correct me, but I swear to God, Dolph Lundgren's character did that in Universal. Or Soldier. maybe Dolph Lundgren just does that. Or maybe he does. I don't know. But there's a movie with with Dolph Lundgren and Bruce Lee's kid, and uh, Brandon. It, the movie's more or less about Dolph Lundgren's genitals. Um. Mm. Uh, it's worth checking out if you're in a bad mood and you need something to to scream at. It's just, it's not a great movie, but um, they spend a lot of time talking about Dolph's uh, schlong. And, um, you know, it's, you know, I'll have to Google it. I'll pop in later and and tell you what the name of that movie was. Absolutely. I'm I'm getting on IMDb right now. Brandon Lee and Dolph Lundgren. Showdown in Little Tokyo. Ooh. Check it out. Buenos if you like genitalia. Do. <laughs> who and who doesn't? And who doesn't? <laughs> love it. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Neil. That's all right. With Neckbreaker, um <laughs> so I liked Squirrel a lot. So I wanted to make one similar. And since we knew when we were making these characters that we were going to record it, kind of like Gary was saying with the audio version of how it identical twins worth work, I wanted very a very charismatic character, loud character, maybe more so than charismatic. And I just wanted him to be brutal. And so of course in Nate's already kind of mentioned this, you think of WWE or professional wrestlers of being able to be loud and outlandish and all that. And then Dustin and I had talked and I kind of told him my idea about having him be a professional wrestler, but I was very, very serious that I wanted him to look exactly like the ultimate warrior, never dress. And Dustin had actually said, he said, yeah, that's fine, because do you remember some goddamn episode of G.I. Joe where they go to the Arctic and one of the Joes is just wearing a fucking sash over his Quick bare kick. torso, huh? <laughs> his name's Quick Kick. Yeah, Quick Kick apparently <laughs> just wearing it. He said, I love he's the not fact wearing that you know that in the frozen tundra, so it's fine. So we came up yeah. with the idea of him buying <laughs> armor and having it. And then the other advantage, I thought, to making Squirrel before making Neckbreaker was one thing. And I actually, I remember bringing this up while we were in, in that cabin in the woods with the dead oh. deer right by it to Dustin <laughs> that I wish I would have asked him. And the unicorn. Because we always, oh. Yeah. You always talk about with these games, rule number one is the rule of cool, right? If you want it to be cool or if you really want it and, it, and it's not going to just kill the game, then go for it. 
And I always thought with Squirrel, I wish I would have asked Dustin to let me sacrifice an intellect point for another point of brawn. And mm. uh, I think I even talked to him about it at one point. So then when it came up with this, I said, I'm doing that. He said, yeah, go for it. So that made Neckbreaker extra strong and extra dumb, which mm. I thought was perfect <laughs> for as loud yeah. as he was going to be. <laughs> Couldn't read. Can't read. Yeah. Or can't read very well anyway. That sequence was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but and those those rules are actually in the Genesis core rule book of uh trading trading. Yes, that's right. You, you told like me that. that. Now so, that you say yeah. that's right, you did tell me that that that's actually even a rule. Yeah. But it, it lends itself perfectly. It yeah. does, and then it, it also well, and you saying that even backs it more by Genesis is really designed around you play what you want to play. And you come up with how it's going to work, and if and yeah. unless unless it's going to be, I'm going to be an all powerful god with seventeen in every category. Mm-hmm. You're, you're probably going to be mm-hmm. able to go ahead and do it. It turns hey, out. Why but not? That's, why stop at seventeen? Go for eighteen fifty. Go for eighteen, and then the other thing with Neckbreaker. The only other thing I really had in mind when I was making him was, um, I was thinking about however you feel about the movie or the comic books, but Suicide Squad and how they get the criminals out of prison to run jobs for the government. Yeah. That was basically Spoiler, how I, I think haven't it. seen it. No, no. Well, you if you ever it? do, this I is haven't, what it's but about. <laughs> it's only a comic book that's been around since the seventies. It's cool. Shame was, <laughs> dong. Shame dong. But that was my thought process on his uh, backstory was since he was, you know, he murdered his wrestling teacher, so he was going to go to jail, but then the government was like, hey, we can use you. And I thought that makes sense because Suicide Squad does it, which means the actual government probably does too anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really it for, for Neckbreaker. So I think it's I think it's kind of interesting coming from, like, from my view and my uh, obsession with G.I. Joe since I was a little kid, I kind of looked at these characters and I could kind of find... You know, even though I know you guys aren't as like crazy about G.I. Joe as I am, but it's interesting that you guys made up these characters and I can relate them to actual G.I. Joe characters, whether you guys meant to do that or not. But when I look at Trump's axe and Trump's hammer, it makes me think of characters like uh, like Clutch, who's the the Jeep driver, the vamp Jeep for G.I. Joe. Or uh, split into two, yeah. Like or uh, Wild Bill, the helicopter pilot. You know, it makes me think think of those types of characters. And uh-huh. then obviously, Silent but Deadly makes me think of Snake Eyes <laughs> for sure. And and Neckbreaker makes me think of Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, you have an actual WWF, you know, wrestler that's in G.I. Joe <laughs> as a drill sergeant. Is there anything I mean, that's, more 80s that's than G.I. That? Joe Cannon. I don't think no. so. <laughs> no, that's, that's exactly how it should <laughs> So, I want to ask you guys, I, I kind of have my own opinions about this, and I may or may not say what they are, but let's go around, because let's get a little bit crunchy here. Ooh, crunchy. When you guys are making characters in whether it be uh, Star Wars, FFG, or Genesis, which is essentially all the same thing, when you're making a character, what, when you start out, we've kind of talked about our backstories and the fluff and all of that stuff. What do you guys focus on? Or or is there anything that you focus on that you want to put your XP in first? Or do you just kind of let it go? Or do you come up with your idea and then you let your idea, you know, have bearing on where you're going to put all your XP and all that stuff. And let's, let's start with Gary. Boy, it totally depends on the character that I've created, but, uh, you know, I think, I think we all, to some extent fall into a pigeonhole, you know, I, we, we put pigeonhole ourselves. I tend to play very techie characters. I, I tend to play a lot of droids, a lot, you know, if we're going to the Star Wars universe, I've played droids multiple times. I've played Verpine, which are, you know, to some extent, insectoid Organic droids. Organic droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, 
you know, in 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 multiple settings, and I, it's even even if they were like sometimes the a droid that was playing that was a um a, a bounty hunter or an assassin or whatever, um, I I enjoy playing that type of a character, and so when when I start to branch out and. I was more of the driver and um, uh, and uh, leader character of the two of us, Slim and Jim. Um, but but then we go back to the previous time that we played GI Joe, and I, and the the I ended up playing. Um, so if we ever have a listener in Scotland, very unlikely. Um, but if we ever have a, a listener in Scotland, they will know of the. Gary, the uh, the the tank commander, which I guess was a oh like a mockumentary um um kind of so when I, I read about it that. and when I watched him play it, it it or when I watched him in those the videos it kind of reminded me of Michael Scott uh from the office and so that this was the character that I played on my birthday weekend. Uh, and uh, and and so that was the that was the driving force of that character. I wanted him to be just an idiot, but as cocksure as the day is long, and and uh, um, you know just to make stupid decisions, but be the commander of the entire group. And uh, you know, I I I thought it could have it could have gone so many different directions. So that's why I ended up kind of leaning in that direction uh or leaning leaning toward that character because it it could have affected the game could have affected the story in so many so many ways that for good or bad and that was the beauty of the whole thing um but um i tend to lean in a very specific direction when i make them that said uh, you know, I I I I end up pointing my my st- my uh, characteristics and and uh, talents toward whatever that is. Um, I don't know. I it's it's a different situation every time I make a character so, to some extent. So it just totally depends on what the feel of of the setting is. So I I don't know that I can answer that question directly. Um, you mentioned Scotland, and I'm just going to say this. Mm-hmm. When Neil and I had the Guardians of the Wills podcast, Nick from Scotland sent us a couple messages. Did. So people from Scotland do listen. Oh, my God. They're listening, Gary. If, they, if, they, for, if they know that Gary, the, the, the tank commander. Yeah. I, I'm not going to speak for Nick, but he, for all we know, Gary... Tank Commander is like his favorite TV show of all time. I'm a hundred percent sure it is. Now, now I should say that that was that was the that was the the kind of the seed that that led toward that character. But um, but but uh, you know, I think I started the Scottish accent right off the bat, and then I realized I'm just gonna. And, and we were just amongst us five six people. We didn't actually record that episode or that that that, that event, they, they which is probably a good thing because that. we yeah. might be arrested. Um, <laughs> There's some things Neil, that were said that not looking at you, Neil. <laughs> maybe shouldn't be said. Squirrel. To oh wow, that was that was fantastic. But but like to be to be Gary, a you know of a which. Is an extension of myself in way too many ways, but anyway, uh, uh, to be Gary and out in the middle of the battlefield and playing to to get his troops excited, I'm too sexy for this shirt, or um, you know, Black Boxes. Uh, uh, what was the name of that song? Um, Pump up the jam was that black box? Anyway, those the, those bands, all those songs were pretty much the same thing back in the late eighties, early nineties. So I think that was Technotronic. Technotronic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think uh, I know a hundred percent sure it was Technotronic is what I yeah. to say. What was what was the the song by Black Box? Uh, Everybody dance oh, now. 
Everybody did. Everybody did. The tank commander providing that as the yeah. as the uh, you know it's, it's CNC just, music it's factory. comedy gold CNC music factory do you yes. remember the behind the music or whatever it was the seat that video was not CNC music factory they had people lip syncing oh really which I guess all videos are lip syncing but it wasn't them well. lip syncing <laughs> if right. I remember that right from watching VH1 20 you do. years ago huh. you do hey hey Gary was yeah. it everybody everybody Everybody, everybody. Yes, that. Oh yeah, wow. okay. I do. Like, like I this. said, they were all pretty much the same song. <laughs> they really <laughs> were. Does it matter anymore? No, not so much. Yes. <laughs> Jock James, okay. Volume Two. Sorry, not sorry if I offended anybody. Nate, Nate, what do you crunchy wise? What do you do when you start to roll up a character in this system? So, in my early years of doing RPG, I got so wrapped up in min max. Yeah. And yeah. And it and, you know it it can be it can be fulfilling to do min max. You know, you 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 know that you've got this this sliver of of the entire sphere of talent, but you do it really well. Um and and it's fun, but it's not necessarily always interesting. So I I tend yeah. to try to to create support characters that um, that it's going to be a roll of the dice as to whether they're successful and whether they actually do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, we're in the midst of a, of a D&D 5e campaign where I'm playing um, uh, a sorcerer, a uh, warlock, rather, who who has a familiar that... Um, that shoots the meat gazer. The meat, the meat gazer. Gazer. A gazer, and the gazer of the meat, <laughs> and it has four, four, four rays that it can possibly attack with, right? But it may or may not be helpful. Yeah, and and, and it and for me that's a lot of fun because um, he might try to charm an alligator. Right, <laughs> it's one thing to be Did able you to do that to do a lot of damage or. Or or something like that, but it's a whole other thing if you can, you can teleport to a position, and help your team win, with, with brains, and it brings a whole lot of personality out, because you have to be really creative when you're doing a support character, if you want it to be something that actually impacts the game. So so I I tend to lean towards impact, you know support characters I you know Silent but Deadly support character crisscross support character you know my current you know uh, Charybdis the, the support character crisscross yes, <laughs> crisscross was a pretty main character by the end of that dude you got you got well, okay. Cobra to so, motorboat you in the middle of a battlefield <laughs> he became Cobra Commander at the end of the game you. <laughs> Nobody, nobody listening probably wants to hear about our old role playing game stories. <laughs> well, it might be. Neil, is there anything that, uh, like mechanics wise, yes. that you think of when you go ahead and make a character in the system? Yep. And, but first, I got to say, um, I was really excited to get to because I knew we were going to bring this up. So I was really excited to get to this part because it's actually something I personally have been curious about to hear from other people about how they come up with something because I do think everybody has their own little way they go about it. And for me personally, I think about the type of game we're going to play. So in this case, G.I. Joe in the setting, because generally you have the setting given to you. The setting in this case is modern day G.I. Joe style black ops or whatever you want to call it. So... I see that in my head or whatever, and it's always then instantly a backstory. I start coming up with a backstory for my character. How did my character get to the point where they are, in this case, a member of G.I. Joe? And so then I start filling that in, and to me, that generally fills in what the character is going to be. So as so for Neckbreaker, like I said, based heavily off Squirrel, um, a previous character I came up with, but disregarding that now for Neckbreaker, I, how did he get to where he is? And I mentioned the Suicide Squad deal, so that's how I decided. So he's going to get there as a Suicide Squad deal. He's going to be outlandish. 
and then it came to that I want the strength, lack of intellect, um, and just murderability. Cause, so in his backstory, you know, he kills his wrestling teacher, ends up in prison, kills people while he's in prison quite a bit, and the government says we could use a murderer on our team and bring him in. So in my head, the backstory has to drive what the character is going to end up being, I guess. Yes. And then, and then, uh, Gary brought up something that I kind of wanted to say because Gary talked about how he tends to play techie style characters as a, perhaps as a reflection of himself. I tend not to play very technical style characters. They're generally go first and see what happens because as much as I enjoy, like, somebody if we're playing D D, somebody having all the spells and all that stuff and they can do all this stuff i personally don't want to mess with that i want to go attack the people which is why you you at one time in pathfinder math finder husk played a orc i believe if i'm not mistaken and well you were an orc and you grabbed a you grabbed someone by the dick and drug them down the drug him around if i'm that just that's absolutely, absolutely right. perfect. That's he par a, for the course. Yeah, he, he, he deserved You've been typecast, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the type of thing. Because in my mind, is like I said, I like to hear other people. Let's say, okay, I have to prepare this spell, or I'm going to do this, and it's going to affect that. In my mind, I'll even just say, like Dustin ruined it because he's an asshole. Yeah. But when we well, were playing our D and D game recently, stuff. that no one heard. That was just us. <laughs> Dustin had a good idea for how we were going to get through these swamp thingies that we're in. No one knows about this, obviously. It doesn't matter. But uh, the way Dustin said it, it made sense for us all to move through. But I had told you guys my initial plan was to run to the edge of the swamps and cut my chest like the guy in Predator and say, oh, come that's, on and okay. see what happens. That's what I like to do as much as I respect the right way to do things but generally all i'm getting at is i love it i like to think of the the how did the character get to this point in their life and then let it yeah itself out and i feel like it usually does and you 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 tend to play characters of of predictable unpredictability yes oh yeah oh yeah i like that too and 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 that lends a certain a certain uh, layer of chaos. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. To to the overall feel of of the group of the game, and and and, and it forces us to always be on our toes because because okay. So let's just face it. We've all everybody listening to this has known somebody in their life who bless them in any way you want. Uh, they they. They may stir up a wasp nest for no absolutely no reason. So, um, yeah. So, and 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 what that does with a group of people who are who are trying to achieve a goal, you know, it it, it lends itself to um, forcing everybody to be on their toes at all times. It lends itself to to pushing the to, chaos to to everybody waiting for chaos. Trying yeah. to prepare for chaos in their own way, and and it's the stir, that stirring of the pot that can really mean the difference between just you know hack and slash crap versus oh shit, uh, why? How did we end up in that predicament? And and and, and that predicament always ends up being the interesting part of the game. Mm-hmm. I agree. It does well, and you have, and like I said, listen to everybody else and how they come up with them. It does show why whenever we play with these, is because it's not like we all sit down together and come up with characters. Like, you should play this type of character. You should play that, and yada, yada, yada. But it is, with everybody having their own way of coming up with characters, it does tend to usually create a somewhat, hopefully, balanced party, which then means that you probably won't run into something that you can't at least somewhat obtain somewhat get through which hopefully would make Dustin's job somewhat much somewhat easier that he doesn't have to totally tailor it well none of these guys are smart enough to walk around the outside of this wall they're all going to try to butt their heads on it 
I gotta ask. I gotta ask the listeners how often, because I think a lot to to a great extent, to some extent, de- depending on which one of us you're talking about or which one of them they're talking you we're talking about, but how often do in some way you roll yourself up into the game? I mean, like how much of that personality is you, you know, are you bringing into it? Because for everybody, for everyone, I would love to hear in the, in the comments about where it is not, but there is a portion of you in that character every single time. I agree. And you know, that that's the beauty of all role-playing games. Um, because sometimes you want to play you. Sometimes you want to play the opposite of you. And, 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 and you want to try to explore uh, a different set of rules and, and knowing or not knowing, actually not knowing is the fun part, how your exploration of the rules is going to interact with the exploration of the rules of the people that you're playing with, um, that is what becomes, that is what ends up being the, the, the really rewarding part of play. And, and I, and I think that oh, it's so um, Dustin as a, a Dustin as a GM, um, it has to be really satisfying knowing that you're creating a, a space and a set of, and, and a plot and a story arc, which, which allows people to explore those parts and really end up with uh, something that no one can have can predict uh, by the by the even by the the first third of the storyline everything goes completely awry. God, that's the rewarding part of playing of being the GM or DM, if the case may be, or keeper, if you will. Keeper in Call of Cthulhu, yeah. <laughs> Well, that was a pretty good discussion about character creation. I think we hit most of the points we wanted to. We're getting a little long right now, so we're going to shift gears and try to wrap this sucker up. We're going to kind of do what we did last time, and uh, I think last time we did what uh, podcast are you listening to. This time we're just going to do what are you consuming. So that can be TV, movies, music, podcasts, art deco, architecture, whatever it ends up being. Um, we'll just kind of go around. Everybody can, uh, you know, say what's on their mind or whatever. And, and I'll start since I'm talking right now. Uh, honestly, what I'm consuming right now is 1960s Star Trek episodes. That's what I've been watching on Netflix. And, uh, couple things about old Star Trek. Um, for one thing, if you're a GM and you're running a Star Wars campaign and you need some storylines or some hooks because you flat out hit writer's block and you don't know what to do, go watch Star Trek because every episode is a role-playing game session and it's awesome. Yeah. And you could you could totally adapt it to Star Wars. And I know that Order 66... Red Church or just NPCs, Phil right? ...talked about this. Yeah, yes. Jim Phil talked about this on the Order 66 podcast at one point. And uh, that's that's all I think about every time I go back and watch old Star Trek episodes now. And I even like have a little uh, pad next to me, and I'll I will jot down notes because I know at some point in my life I'm going to be running a Star Wars campaign, and I'm going to need some hooks. So I'm going to go back to those old Star Trek episodes. Okay, that's what I'm consuming at the present time. William Shatner's text. Yes, it's worth consuming. Gary. What have you been consuming? Uh, so I, I am just fascinated right now after having conversations with people on the book face and 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 and, and in person, um, which is rare these days with the COVIDs. But um, but uh, having those conversations, it's like the, I'm I'm fascinated with the fact that we cannot. Uh, uh, remove ourselves from written words and the fact that we have such a hard time getting along with each other when we are reading what the other person wrote and, and uh, you know, assuming inflection in specific words. So anyway, um, 
I've been watching this show called um, Agree to Disagree on Lad Bible on the YouTubes, as George Schraub would say, uh, the YouTubes. And uh, just just see two people. So the premise of the show is you have two people that have, uh, 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 you know, opposing views about a, a specific topic. And they sit down at a bar table across from each other. Imprinted on the bar table is a line down the center. And then to either side is agree slash disagree. And uh, 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 what is it? Very much agree or, uh, you know, whatever. The extreme of agree and uh, uh, and disagree. But, uh, you know, like Marvel versus DC. And, uh, and just have two people that have that particular viewpoint sit across from each other and talk and look at the body language of those people um it is amazing the you know the right versus left the uh vegetarian versus hunter uh which uh i don't just just one after the other these people sitting down and having a conversation and through the bulk of the episodes that I've seen, they start off and their body language is is uh, is just um, uh, they they're really struggling to deal with the other person as a person, and then by the end of it, they're like they're they're able to you know the very the very last question is I would have a beer with this person with this person again, and and they have to agree disagree whatever the case may be, and. Almost every single one of the ones that I've seen, they uh, very much agree to having a beer with that person again. So they go from really, really offsetting body language to, yeah, I would totally uh, have a conversation with this person again. We all need to get to that point where we can break that seal and have a conversation about it. That said... It is really difficult when you have the same viewpoints about certain things and the other person sees exactly the opposite with the same evidence. It's it's struggle. It's a struggle. It's absolutely a struggle that we all would deal we all deal with. But we've got to be able to get through it and have those conversations. It's crazy. It is absolutely crazy the state of affairs that we're in right now. But I don't know what the uh, bourbon has got to be the only answer. <laughs> to <clears throat> to this problem that we have right now anyway uh agree to disagree agree to disagree on the lad bible that's what i'm consuming all right nate what are you consuming i have been now this is not nearly as complex and well it is complex it's it's not as uh, much of an intellectual exercise as much as it is an intellectual experience and I know that you know oh. exactly where I'm going, Gary, because we've talked about it. I've been experiencing Lovecraft Country. Now, as a Call of Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft fan, Great job. Um, I was really excited when this series came out on HBO. And it, it is, um, and in, in true literary form, you know, there are stories and then there are books that you read that actually sort of have a, a meta layer um, and and that it, which which forces you to deal with your perspective and and Lovecraft Country is one of those things. It's on you know uh, it, it, it is yeah. an examination of not only the Lovecraft realm but how the human realm interacts with the Lovecraft realm and um, how it makes sense of it how it takes advantage of it, how it is taken advantage of by the Lovecraft country. And it is a really yeah. fascinating study. And, and, and I happen to, uh, happen to really love it. Now it is, you know, it's not for everybody. Uh, anyone under, you know, 17, uh, is probably not going to you know, be able to watch it. But, uh, it, it, if you are somebody who really wants to be, uh, awakened and challenged then it's, it's a series that i really think that everyone can can benefit from and if you're a big lovecraft fan you know how racist that bastard was he was a racist son of a bitch and it takes that racism and turns it on its head well i mean for the times it was 
the I don't know what the standard was. I didn't live in the twenties, the tens, the 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 aughts. You didn't, but why not? He was he was racist <laughs> as hell, and 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 Jordan Peele does a great job of flipping that on its head and making, um, uh, you know, the 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 heroes, the main characters are African Americans, and it and it not only deals with the the not not only not only uh, uh uh pushes them up against the creatures of the Lovecraft world, but the racist the racism uh during this during those times. Actually, I think it takes place in the fifties after the Korean War. Um, but you know, it, the racism has been around for a long damn time in this country. So anyway, you know it it, it juxtaposes it juxtaposes the 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 monsters of the the Lovecraft realm. With the monsters of the actual world. That's a great point. Absolutely, and does. Uh, and, yep. and it, it, you know, and it's it's a subtle exercise. You can even if you're not into the subtle exercises, you can enjoy the series. But sure, but you know, then then when you recognize um, all of the subtle things like that that are going on, it it really does it really does ring true, uh, especially given our circumstances right now and the challenges that we as a society society faces. It's crazy how they pulled the feel of a Lovecraft story and put it into that series still, despite the fact that it's the the writing is by somebody completely. I mean, just the feel of every episode is like a Lovecraft story. It is yeah. I, just just really well done. That's awesome. I applaud Abrams and and uh, uh, well, especially Peel. Yeah, for a job well done. Neil, what about you? Okay, well, speaking of racism, as they say, <laughs> for, for what I've been consuming, I've been watching the new season of The Boys is in the as we record this is in the middle of coming out. So it's the second season, so I make that little crack about speaking of racism. If you're watching The Boys, you will absolutely understand what I'm talking about when I say that. But most sides bring up the boys. That show is freaking awesome. I've never read the comic books that they that it is, you know, based off of. So I know nothing about them, and I don't know how much different the show is from the comic books. But holy crap, that show is awesome. And they this season they're doing it as a weekly show as opposed to releasing it all at once. So as we record this, I just watched the fifth episode of the season. Every episode has been better, and anybody that watches the show will probably agree that the guy that plays Homelander should just go ahead and win all of the awards for acting that they give out because he's amazing. And then there's a new person on the show this season uh, that goes by Stormfront is her character's name. She should also win all of the awards and saying her and just what she's doing in the show itself is... Yeah, she's a she's an awful, 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 awful character, which, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you watch a show like that and you get so much where you just hate the character and realize, wow, somebody the I don't know who the lady is. That's the actor that plays Stormfront. I don't know her name, but whatever her name is, she's doing an amazing job, apparently, because, boy, you sure hate that character. But anyhow, that's what I'm consuming currently as we speak. That's a. That's at least that's the main thing I'm consuming. So that's what I would want to spit out. Consumption. It's Consumption. Important. Well, that's cool. I I need to go watch uh, Lovecraft, and I I've been told the boys is pretty good, so I need to check all that stuff out. I need to stop yeah, watching shows that are sixty years old. Anyway, <laughs> you need to stop watching. You need hair to stop band watching hairband from- videos. Oh, I'm never. I'm not going to stop doing that. <laughs> well, all right, fair enough. And you shouldn't, the listener should not stop watching hairband videos either. If you haven't started, now's the time. Well, that was a pretty good discussion all around, I think. Um, Does anybody have any final words before we sign off tonight? Nope. Bye. (laughs) Gary? Uh, Hang on. Uh, No, I, I, I don't again. I... I, I failed on my roll again. Wear a fucking mask. But I got two advantage. Wear a fucking mask. There you go. That'll work. The big deal. That'll work. Nathan's right. All right. Well, 
the next episode is going to be part four of the old G.I. Joe game. Part four of the Transylvanian Slip. So I hope you guys tune in for that. So until next time, best of luck to you all. See you later. Thanks for listening. Don't poop your pants. <laughs> <laughs> or do. Or do. Whatever.